there are some subjects that I'm like, Lord, I don't feel like um, that I have any right to, to, to preach this because it's not altogether, I don't want to say it's not working, but I haven't come to the fullness. And as worship was going on, this is what the Lord really spoke to me was, well, at what point do you feel like you're going to arrive? <laughs> the most important thing is to leave, get going. And so you can't wait till you get to an absolute altogether. You kind of have to just start with where you are and move forward from there. And I want to say this, uh, and I mean this with every intent of my heart. If it wasn't for the word of faith that was preached in this church, I just really don't know where me and my family would be at today. As I was preparing this message, the Lord just began to, and I'm not trying to just ramble on here. Uh, the Lord just began to really show me the principles that we've learned. I want to say this too, that we've applied. Right. Yeah. You know, can't just, got, can't just be a hearer, right? Got to be a doer. And applied those things. And, and because of the word, God has really brought us out of some really bad things. I'm not talking about immoral or, or that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about really uh, bad choices, things that we had done to ourselves, but the grace of God through his word, and we began to apply these things and be, not just being a hearer, <clears throat> but a doer of the word. Uh, so let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 3. I want to title this today, Guard Your Peace. P-E-A-C-E. -E. Guard your peace. And I want, there's a little disclaimer while you're turning there. Um, as I was preparing, or the Lord was preparing me, as I said, there's just some things in, in life that I'm like, Lord, that's just really none of my business. Um, but the Lord was showing me that we're not trying to get into people's business and God is not trying to give us things that we're just trying to get in your business. But this is what the Lord had showed me was I need you to help him throw out the lifeline to you. That's really all that, that ministry is. We're not getting in your business. We're not trying to tell you what to do. We're throwing the lifeline out. Now, it's up to you. Some of the things that we teach, um, I'm not interested in one bit in going home and micromanaging what you do. I've got my own life. I've got my own situations. Um, I'm not interested in, in, in that because, uh, like I said, what you do behind your closed doors is your business. It's up to you. It's between you and God. But what we throw out here is like, here's the... Here's a problem. Here's an answer. Now it's up to you. It's up to you. And it's not that I don't love you. And we're in, the, you know, in ministry, especially pastoring, Bubba, you're in the people business. You deal with people and you deal with situations and we love you, but I, I don't want to go home with you and micromanage what you do. Right. So, um, 
You know, and when God gives you a direction to go in, in ministering, maybe this will help some of the Project Hope people, um, it doesn't mean that other scripture is not important. This is just, uh, he's here to minister directly to where people are at at a given time. Uh, so understand this, that when uh, the Lord gives us something, we've got to follow through with that. We don't get to pick and choose the subjects. I mean, I know we give you the leeway of between you and the Lord, but when the Lord gives you something, you go with that thought because you don't know who is sitting out in these, in these uh, pews that needs to hear what God is trying to say. So we can't pick and choose and say, well, God, that just, I, I really, honestly, can I just say, I walked five miles yesterday with the Lord trying to get him to change what I was going to talk about. I looked down at my watch and I had 14,000 steps in because I was like, God, I don't want to talk about this. And it's about getting out of debt. How you spend your money is none of my business. I don't want to know. I'm just saying there are some things that I feel like God wants to get out today to give you the information. It is up to you to take that information and do what you want to do with it. Okay? Let's turn to John. Well, I had you in First Kings, didn't I? Okay, let's go to verse 5. Are you there? Brett, what did you say we're supposed to say? If you're there, say praise God. Praise God. All right. And the, I'm reading out of a King James Version here if you've got a device. It says, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Now, that's a, pretty, that's a blank canvas, isn't it? That's like God writing, giving you a blank check, and you say, You fill it out. And Solomon said... Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he has walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, but I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? Now, I underline um, in this, excuse me, in verse 10, it says, and the speech pleased the Lord. I thought that was very powerful. Because he didn't coach Solomon on what to say. He didn't, he didn't try to persuade him in any way. He just said, ask what you want. And Solomon just said, I, I need wisdom. I need understanding. And the Bible says, and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. 
Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto it. Now turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. And I know this is a lot of reading. But uh, how, how many would say in turning there that the word of God is very important? Yes. It's a benefit to have. When you're there, there you go. That's enough. We can start reading. Let's start in verse 13 of chapter 3. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the, grain, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Does that sound like wisdom is valuable to you? Verse 16, it says, Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. I hope that y'all got this underlined because this is great. All her, all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul, and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Would you bow your heads today? Father, I ask for the anointing right now. Lord, not just to speak, but God, also the anointing that they can hear. Lord, what you would have to say here today. I pray for those, Lord, that you have specifically designed this word for. God, that they would be attentive. And Lord, we just want to block the enemy, God, from distractions in their life right now. The things that would come up and distract them, Father, that they would have an open mind, Father, to receive, God, the word that you have for them. And God, that they're going to go home and not just be a hearer, but be a doer of the word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Does it sound like we need some wisdom? I believe wisdom is, I think it's in verse uh, chapter 4 of Proverbs. In verse 7, it says wisdom is the principal thing. It's the, it's the most important thing. So when, this is what I'm trying to say here today. When we read things like this, it just makes me want to stop and say, if the Lord was pleased with Solomon's speech or his request. And then we begin to read this, and when Solomon says under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wisdom is the most important thing, it makes me want to pull a chair up to the table of wisdom and say, I'm not leaving here. And, well, I'm not leaving here. 
Not just till I get a full understanding of it, but I'm not leaving here and I'm going to stay at this table because in in chapter 3 it talked about length of days. It talked about riches and honor. It talked about pass or peace. It talked about your sleep being sweet. Don't raise your hand, but does anybody deal with sleeping problems? Not getting a full night's rest. Well, according here to wisdom, it can make you to where you get a full night's rest. That sounds pretty good. Well, guarding your peace and uh, especially dealing with, and the Lord was very specific with me on this, was consumer debt. And I'm not trying to let the air out of anybody's balloon here today, okay? I'm not trying to act like I know everything. I know I don't. But there were some areas that God brought me out of that I, that I did not realize just how binding and I felt like a slave and I didn't even realize it both uh, moments of tenseness uh, that I didn't even realize I was tense until you just this you ever done that driving down the road and you got the death grip on the steering wheel and you're like why am I gripping this thing so tight but that's how like life was just so tense and full of of fear and bondage John 10 10 Does anybody know that one? I think it's a good one, don't you? And if you don't, I'm just going to believe that the Lord is going to reveal it to you. Get a revelation of it. Don't you know we need that? Not just to know the Word. We need a revelation of it. It says, uh, are you there? All right. The thief, who's the thief? He's He's the thief. Cometh not... But for to steal and to kill and to destroy, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So I know we know about killing, and, but the area that God was dealing with me specifically on was the stealing, uh, that he's a thief. Uh, a thief is uh, crafty, or a good one is, Crafty, conniving, deceptive. And I'm persuaded today that the Lord wants us to put an emphasis on the the thief of your joy and the thief of your peace. And we'll get on we'll get into that in just a few minutes. Um I found a I mean a nugget, an absolute nugget uh you know, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of opportunities that will come with work. Um, Pastor Susan had kind of, we had talked about cleaning out some of the classrooms upstairs in the gym, and I found a whole bag full of uh, Pastor Tom's old tapes. <laughs> and uh, I found, uh, even found a tape recorder. You know, the old kind that you hit record and play, and it's got the built-in microphone. You know which ones I'm talking about? And of course, I didn't just take them home. I asked if I could have them. We were cleaning them out anyways. Uh, but man, I turned one of those on yesterday and he began to, uh, he, I was already on this, um, you know, I really didn't want to talk about this today. And he, and I was, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, yeah, but these people need to hear this. I just need you to throw out the lifeline. His first statement in the tape was, Hey, the Lord gives this to me and I just pass it on to you. I thought, well, okay. So I kind of parked my interest there, but he made this statement 
Because this was the teaching, prosperity is yours. And uh, he said, you can't have wisdom and not prosper. And you can't prosper without wisdom. Uh, he also commented that you can't prosper above your mindset of prosperity. So I, I began to write this stuff down. I thought, well, you know, he's in heaven right now, but he's still ministering. Uh, so I thought, man, this isn't just for, uh, I can't even say sentimental sake, because I didn't even sit under him like most of y'all did, or a lot of you did. But I thought, man, what a, uh, as I began to listen, I thought, man, uh, this guy has forgot more than I know. Uh, he's just a wealth of wisdom. And man, you guys are, were fortunate, are fortunate. Uh, man, powerful teaching, uh, principles to live by. Not just, uh, not, I mean, man, I'm thankful for what we feel in worship, don't you? Thankful, so thankful, but I'm thankful for the word that goes with us outside and helps us live life and, and peace. And you know, don't, and, and the gist of all this thing is really life is, is already, can be difficult. We don't need to make it any harder uh, than what it already is. Uh, going back to, to prosperity, uh, there's a lot of people. Uh, they have a different mindset of what they think prosperity is, and certainly everybody's entitled to their opinion. doesn't mean their opinion's right, but they're entitled to it. Um, to some, it's money and possessions. That's certainly a part of it. Uh, to some, it's lots of family and friends. Certainly part of it. Uh, to some, it's health. Uh, that's part. I'm thankful for health, aren't you? That's a, that's a great benefit. And as I said, it's okay uh, to have an opinion of what you think prosperity is. But if you call yourself a follower of Christ, you have to build your foundation of what you think it is according to the Word of God. And I put in parentheses the will of God. So in 3 John verse 2, and there's a lot that may say, uh, John, we already know these verses, but you very well may, but there may be people here that don't. Let's don't pretend or just assume that we all know. Uh, we've got new people here. I consider myself new people. Uh, we started here in 2017, so it's been a few years. But man, I thought I could have really used being here all the way from 75, Brett, till, till now. But the Bible says he'd restore the years the locusts had eaten, right? So we're not going to just sit and wallow around in what could have been. We're just going to keep moving forward to what's going to be. 3 John verse 2, are you there? Yeah. Praise God. He said this, Beloved, I wish above all things, not some things, but all things, that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Right? So we see here, uh, there are three areas that John... Uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. People say, well, John wrote that. Well, the Holy Spirit inspired him. The Bible says that these things weren't written to private interpretation, but these men wrote as they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. So this isn't just his, uh, his version. This is what the Holy Spirit revealed to him. So we see just at, at least that, that thou mayest prosper, uh, which is really if you... Uh, and I'm not going to go through all the words and the definitions. I can't say them anyway, so... I'll just tell you, and if you don't trust me, we'll go back to my office after church, and I'll, 
I'll show you where it's written. Um, I don't think you're going to do that. And I'll, obviously, I really don't know if I would oblige that or not, but <laughs> it sounded good at the time. Um, <laughs> when it talks about prosperity, it really talks about like as in business dealings right there. And of course, when we go to health, we know what that means. You know, our bodies. Uh, and then it goes to our soul as our soul prospers. Uh, and that really jumped out to me, the, the soul part. Uh, I think we all have a, def, a probably a pretty good idea about prosperity and even in our health. Was it uh, Pastor Tom that taught on he, uh, healing uh, for like 25 years on Sunday nights? I bet you people know what to do when sickness comes to you, don't you? And that, well, that's a benefit. That's, that's a great benefit. So you kind of have an idea of that. But then, as I said, we get to soul. And when I, when I read this, the soul prospereth jumped out at me. And your soul being your mind and your will uh, and your emotions. And not so much on the will. Now, certainly will is a part of it. But, but God began to um, put in my heart about our mind and our emotions. Uh, the battleground that most of us are going to have is going to start in our mind is where, where that's going to start at. And that's why he said, I also want your soul to prosper. Uh, not that you just have a lot of stuff. Not that you just be healthy. Those are great things. But he wants us to have prosperity in our mind. And that's peace and joy and, uh, and contentment. Uh, so he wants us to be prosperous even in our soul. Um, in order to get into prosperity, uh, some people will just say more money. And I, I enjoy money, don't you? Uh, I'm not going to pretend that it's not, it doesn't come in handy. Uh, I think I've said this here before. If you go down to PDQ and you fill up your tank with gas, they don't want good advice. They want money or your card or check, some kind of form of currency. Uh, you know, even for... Um, when we go, when I, when I will go and put gas in the church van, Dylan, and I fill up and I say, I'm with RCC, and they say, great, that'll be $100. <laughs> but we're with the church. That's great. We need money. So we can't pretend that money doesn't matter. Money does matter. Yeah. Uh, it's not everything. And I, I've said this too. If uh, PDQ wanted a five-gallon bucket of rocks when I filled up, rocks would become important. You see what I'm saying? It's not just that we're worshiping the money, but we use the money to get what we need. And this whore, I knew a guy one time, I'm not trying to meddle. He was so tight, he squeaked when he walked. And he would not, this guy would not even turn his water on. He would flush his toilet with rainwater from a coffee can. And the guy had unreal amount of money. And I thought, what a bondage to live in. That's, that's the idea of work. That's too far. That's worshiping money. That's feeling like my, all my security is in making sure I've got X amount of dollars in my bank account. And the reality is if that, if you're to that place, you're at a really dangerous spot and, and you need to get a different view on money. Um, but some of them ask for, think it's more money, but if you don't have wisdom, that money won't last long. Uh, the Powerball stuff, I'm not. Don't do what you want to do. 
okay? But if you don't have a mindset of money, man, I'm going to tell you right now, that stuff will leave quick. I forgot what the percentage rate was of people that won those end up filing bankruptcy in three years. It was astronomical. So it, uh, prosperity is not just more money because it won't, it won't last long if you don't have wisdom to go along with it. I believe that the most important thing that you can do is ask God for wisdom when it comes to finances and money and things such as this. That the best thing that you can do, and young kids, I say young kids, uh, Joshua, youth, are, I want you to listen. Before you venture out in life, before you leave home, the best thing that you can do, I believe, number one is be born again. Fill with the Holy Ghost. And the third thing I think is the most important thing you can do is to ask God for wisdom on how to live life. And pull yourself up to wisdom. And I may be speaking out of term. I don't know if uh, Mr. Tom's, I see a lot. There he is. I'm gonna, I don't know if he'll appreciate this or not, but if I was, if I was a younger man, I'm going to tell you what I'd do every Sunday morning. I'd sit myself right beside that man right there. And I'd listen to what he had to say. It can save you a lot of heartache down the road. And there's a lot of people probably in here today that while the worship was going on, you were having to fight through to feel God because you were having to try to overcome uh, these, this war in your mind from things that were self-inflicted. That could have been prevented. That's not a death sentence. There's grace, there's mercy. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But man, if, you could, if we could stop people before they make the mistake, man, that's a lot easier than trying to dig them out after they make one. If you avoid the mud holes, a lot easier than trying to get somebody out when they get stuck in it. Uh, I believe that the most important thing we can do, as I said, ask God for wisdom and lose. And Pastor Tom talked about this yesterday, uh, on the on the tape yesterday. <laughs> Sorry, don't. <laughs> Man, I could sell tickets for that one if it, <laughs> if he was showing up in my shop. I even turned the air conditioner on for him yesterday. But he said this: you got to lose the poverty mindset. got to lose the, pro the poverty mindset. To change from poverty to prosperity is not a million dollars, which helps. But the most important thing you can do is to lose the poverty mindset. You have to lose the mindset. And that goes back to Romans chapter 12 when he talks about renewing your mind. That's not just at 10.15 on Sunday. That is... Uh, your whole life, spirit. I, I think it was in First Thessalonians 5 and 23 where Paul talked about us presenting, that God would present us whole, or blameless, sorry, blameless spirit, soul, and body. And we have to stop pretending that the decisions that we make in our physical life don't affect our spiritual life because they do. That's why maybe there were prob probably people in here today that were struggling receiving in worship because of just stuff in their mind. And I believe when we ask for wisdom, that true wisdom can show you what true prosperity looks like. And this is kind of where we're, we're getting to when it comes to 
consumer debt. I've got some figures here. That was just staggering, just staggering. And I know that people don't really like um, the pie charts and, and all that, their percentages, but it kind of gives us a roundabout idea. But anyways, uh, real quickly, in the area of prospering, soul prospering, your mind and your emotions, um, if it doesn't bring peace, it's not prosperity. If it doesn't bring you into a life of peace, then it's not prospering. It's not, because prospering is nothing more than succeeding. And if it's not, if it's keeping you from sleeping, is that successful? Uh, if you got more going out than you have coming in, I don't care what you're driving. I don't care where you're living. I don't care what you're wearing. That's not prosperity. Proverbs 10 and 22, it says this, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. That is the prosperity factor, is getting rid of the sorrow. Getting rid of those things that will bring you in, out of peace, that will bring you out of joy, that will rob you of your sleep. And, and I know with... Um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone. Let's just move on. That's, uh, what do they call that, meddling? You get the meddling a little bit? That's usually what people call it when you start hitting close to their house anyways. He's just meddling. Uh, I, I looked up some figures. This was, um, and, and again too, I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm just, I know what the Lord's brought me out of, and man, I don't ever want to go back to that again. Average consumer debt per household in 2020, we're talking about consumer debt. And, 20, and consumer is right, right. You make the choice. Uh, I don't get on to people for finance and homes and, and vehicles. I mean, not many people are walking around with that kind of cash in their pocket. Uh, so I'm not really getting, but I'm just talking about the, the, can I say dumb? Okay, dumb stuff. The average consumer debt per household in 2023, according to the Federal Reserve Bank, is $67,000 per household at 12% interest. Total credit card debt across America, man, this one, I had to read it twice, $986 billion at an average interest rate of 24.37%. Average credit card debt per household being $6,000 at an average of 24% interest paid, on, paid off in 24 months will be $317 a month with interest paid of $1,613. That doesn't sound like no sorrow to me. That sounds like a lot of sorrow. And I, I'm speaking from my experience, okay? I don't know your situation. I'm not going to pretend like I know your situation. I'm not. But when you have a choice and you choose, you are really what you're saying is, I'll give my peace up for this. I will give my peace up in order to get this. I tell you, uh, man, I have really, and it was me. I'm, 
I am not throwing my family under the bus. This was John Burge. The dumbest thing that I ever financed was a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> you know which ones I'm talking about. They show up to your house and tell you how dirty your carpets are. And like, gosh, I'm a, I'm a pig. We're, like, we're living like animals in here. <laughs> and when the guy left, Mandy's like, why did you do that? And I said, why didn't you stop me? <laughs> but, you know, there was actually times, Kyle. Now, I realize this is all compounding from dumb decision from dumb decision. But there was Saturdays, Dylan, that I had to get up and go to work to make the payment on the dumb vacuum cleaner. Oh, I was so mad. I thought that one from Walmart, it does just fine. I don't know why. And try to sell that. Try to sell those back. They're like, hey, that guy saw you coming from a mile away, and I swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. Those things like that are, and I, hey, look, if you've got money to do that and buy those things, man, great. But can I just say this without getting in your business as much as possible? Don't finance that junk. Mark, I finally did the figures. I was able to put laminate in my house for a fraction of the price, and I could have swept the floor. I'm just saying, you know, who wants to think about that when you're trying to worship God on Sunday morning? Um, who wants to think about that when you're trying to read your Bible in the morning? Who would rather go to work for that kind of stuff instead of spending time with your family on Saturday? As I said, none of my business. I wish I had a lifeline. I'd have about 10 of them up here and I'd just be throwing them, throwing them out. And maybe a lot of this is, like I said, stopping people before. This is what, this is my prayer, is stopping people before. But this is stuff with sorrow added to it. And I can tell you from experience that this kind of living will rob you of peace. It will rob you of joy. It will rob you of rest in your mind. It will cause fights between you and your spouse. And this brings back to the enemy, the thief, the thief of your joy and peace. The rich, the, uh, in Proverbs 22 and 7, it says this, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, servant, defining that out, was actually bondage or slavery. Now, financing companies ain't going to word it like that. They'll say, uh, here are our five, six, and seven-year financing options. They're not going to say, uh, here are our five, six, and seven-year slavery options. They're not going to word it like that. They're not going to say, hey, would you, all it is is just, Six short years of bondage. But imagine how good you're going to look in that bondage and in the slavery that goes along with it. Okay, 
So they're not going to word it that way, but really, I, I think that wisdom would say, and I'm, not, I'm just saying, this is wisdom from the Holy Spirit, okay? Don't think that I'm just throwing out my, my theology on this. This is what I feel like the Lord would say, is we have to begin to look and say it that way. And I'm not saying it's always no. The answer is always no, you can't have it. No, you can't have it. No, you can't have it. But I believe this, that God is also throwing out a lifeline that says you can have everything that you desire if you do it my way. His ways are no sorrow. His ways will help you sleep at night. His ways will bring peace to your life. His ways will cause you not to be fighting with your spouse and your kids. Is this all right? So as we said earlier, life can always be difficult at times. It can already be difficult. Just don't give it any help. Don't give it any help. But I just, you know, my mind is just racing of all, the, and I don't know why all of a sudden now I'm thinking of all the dumb things I ever put on a credit card. Um, but I'm telling you, we, we worked really hard to get out of credit card debt. Very hard. And you know, while we were swiping that card, you know, it was, it was great while, it was, uh, while, it was, while you're driving it home in the bag. But after a little bit, I thought, this is really where it stopped me, Kyle, was one day I ran onto something that was broken and I was still making payments on it. And I thought, man, something's got to change. Something's got to change. And we begin to, believe it or not, we begin, I don't know how in the world we got onto it, probably, uh, probably scanning radio stations it just happened to come across 91.1. Uh, but we heard Pastor Tim Brooks. And he began to talk about, uh, you know, it really doesn't start with putting a million dollars in the bank. He said sometimes it starts with putting $5 a week in there and changing the mindset, yeah. changing, changing your thinking. And I was like, man, that was just real. I was like, that day, I remember that day, and that day was the day that began our family getting out of debt. And I, I know, I, I just between me and you, I still owe for my home. I, I do. But outside of that, I don't owe anything. And that's by the grace of God. It used to not be that way. And I'm telling you, this is a lot better whenever you get up on your day off bow and you go walking and you're talking with God versus whose yard do I got to mow today to cover that payment? And I can focus on spending time with the Lord. I can, I can focus on spending time with my family. I can go to church on Sunday rather than having to go to work. It's things we got to think about. But we also have to understand, and I, uh, well, there is grace for every area of our life. Okay, grace is not just for adultery and fornication and drunkenness. Grace is even there for bad decisions. Okay, so I'm not trying to dig you a hole and say, ha ha, you're in a hole and you're not going to get out. I'm trying to say there is a remedy. Okay, Second uh, Corinthians 7 and 10, um, you don't have to turn there, you can write it down. I'm going to read a couple of different versions here. In the King James it says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. In the Bible in basic English, it says it this way. For the sorrow which God gives is the cause of salvation through a change of heart, in which there is no reason for grief. But the sorrow of the world is a cause of death. 
This is the Arkansas version. Things can change, but you got to get sick of what you're doing before anything will change. You got to get tired of it. Joel 2 and 25, he said this, and God told Joel, he said, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. And I want to say that I can't just sit here and lay out a game plan. Um, every, nobody's life is a carbon copy for someone else. But I believe that I, I think it's safe to say this. We do have people here on staff that can sit down with you and help you get a game plan to help you get out of debt. All it takes is a phone call. And if we don't, we can get you to somebody that can. Because we're not just going to tell you you need to get out of debt and then not try to get in the trenches with you. But you have to be willing to change. You have to be willing to repent. And I'm not talking about groveling. I'm not talking about all that stuff. I'm just saying a willing to change your heart and a willingness to change your mind. So I want to offer that to you. But as I said earlier, hopefully we've caught some people before they have made some bad decisions. And so I want to say this. How do I avoid these traps? Well, there's four things that the Lord laid on my heart this morning. I want to share them with you in some scripture that you can write down very quickly. The first thing I believe that a person can do, and here's the thing, the Lord doesn't give you hard things. Right. He doesn't put hard loads on you. The Bible says His burden is easy and His yoke is light, right? Or His yoke is easy and burden light, right? So the very first thing that we can do is ask for wisdom. Ask Him. Is that hard? God, give me wisdom. You can find that uh, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Uh, I read one, and, and you can write it down and read it again later. Proverbs 3, 13 through 24. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. And it'll talk about asking for wisdom. And those last two will talk to you about what wisdom will do for you. The second thing that you need to do is put yourself around wise people. Proverbs 13 and 20, it says this, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Get around wise people and then do what they say to do. Ask them questions. Ask wisdom. Ask for wisdom. What do I do here? What do I do in these situations? And if you have to, if you're like me, I'll ask uh, Pastor Susan some stuff sometimes and I'll say, explain it to me like I'm two. I really want to get it. Don't, don't not get it, okay? Don't be so conceited that you have to say, I don't understand what you're saying. Get it down to the level where you can understand what they're saying, especially if they're talking, investing, uh, all that kind of stuff is like, uh, is it the, was it Charlie Brown's school teacher? And I'm like, would you just write this? Just here's the money you do it for me. But I know they'll do that. But explain this to me where I can understand what is going on. Because the Bible says a good man will leave an inheritance to his children and his children's children. And I realize that maybe sometimes you say, I'm too far gone. Well, you're not. But I've looked at it this way. I've changed. We, me and my family have changed. Me and my wife have changed because even if... And not, this is not a confession because I believe that the Lord will restore years that the locusts have eaten. We are bettering ourselves because my kids are not going to do what I did. Right. My grandkids are not going to do what I, not without me saying something. Yeah. I get all in their business. Yeah. That's right. 
Did you put that on your card? Yeah. Did you pay it off? Yes. Did you pay your rent? Yes. Did you pay your truck payment? Yes. It's important. Those things are important. Get in their business. Maybe don't listen to me on that. I don't know. Uh, but I will ask my kids because I, I don't want them doing what I did. I don't want them living life the way I lived life. And a lot of that's out of care. I know they get aggravated at me sometimes, but I just, I just don't want them to be like, like, uh, like I did. And we're getting better. I'm telling you, our future generations are just going to be awesome. And we got linked up with Mark and Tina. Man, he's a financial guru. We're sitting good for grandkids. They are going to be just wealth, uh, wisdom. We're already talking grandkids. Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Tina, are you going to share them with us? <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> Put yourself around wise people. Okay, moving on. Number three, don't compare yourself with other people. Um, because your idea of prosperity and their idea of prosperity might be way different. Um, and don't be comparing yourself and looking at other people because I begin to look at other ministers, and this is really vain. And I thought, man, that is a really nice sport jacket they got on. And man, I just thought that just looks, per it, what to me, it just says they care about what they're doing. And the Lord began to prick my heart. And I was like, you know, I'm tired of looking like a bum up here and shirt untucked. I'm not, if that's what you do, that's what you do. Okay. I'm talking about what God dealt with me on. Okay. Don't take it anything other than that. Got me. Are you got, got me? But I went down there. I won't say where I went. And I was like, man, these jackets are four or $500. And I'm not putting this on a 30% card just so I can look like something. That ain't prosperity. And just, we went to a local thrift shop. Seven bucks. Seven dollars for cleaning. And I'm just, I'm wearing just as much a suit coat as they are. But if, no, nah, I'm just, I'm not trying to tell you all my business. I'm just trying to say everything doesn't, I don't have to look at what, honestly, some of that skinny jean stuff, I don't like that anyways. But, um, that ain't for me. Thank God. Gene gave me a pair of cowboy boots the other day. I'm trying to work up the nerve to put them on. But what I'm trying to say is this. There are ways that God can give you that are not going to put you in financial trouble. Uh, and going down and racking up a huge bill on clothes and everything else. And there's a way to go around about doing that. And I can tell you where to go. They always got some pretty... Well, I mean, anything's better than nothing. And sometimes you have to start with, with that and, and work it from there. And there will be that day. There will be that day. We'll run down there and get those $500 suit coats. But not with a card. Not with a credit card. Not dipping into kids' college funds to vanity of who can... I mean, when I will leave today, nobody cares. That's, that's the deal about the... Uh, the... Uh, <laughs> It's just like these vehicles, you know, I mean, these exaggerated prices and people are just, and I know they got to have them. Okay. I get it. But it's like, and you got to have them. Okay. But understand 
if you're buying it because you think you want to look good from stoplight to stoplight, yeah. that ain't nobody cares. Nobody cares. And especially these people that drive these little old cars with them big old pipes and saying, that's really just, look at me, look at me, look at me. And it's like, hey, if you've got to go into all of that stuff to try to impress somebody, now if you need it, you need it. Okay? You need it, you need it. Deer jumps out in front of you. You know what? A new truck. You need it, you need it. But it's not so that I can roll my windows down, turn my hat backwards, put my shades on, just so everybody can look at old John driving down the road. Big deal. Because once you leave, they don't think another thing about you. They don't think another thing about you. And you know what? Sometimes it's real nice on the 2000 F-150 with the paint chipping off the hood that's paid for. That's a lot. Well, I can lay down at night, Brad, and not think about X amount of dollar payments. That I couldn't, well, I could afford, but I don't want to. Because here's, boy, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of meddling now, but I do want to say this. Sometimes we get ourselves locked up and then we can't give. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be hard to get into the seed time and harvest if you don't have something to give. Because you're constantly, it's all going out the window. Okay, so don't compare yourself with other people. Uh, number four, and we'll close on this. It's okay to have things, but attain them according to God's economy. And God's economy is seed, time, and harvest. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, it says this, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Luke 6 and 38, it says this, Give. And it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give to your bosom. Now, I've not done a lot of gardening, but if you put one seed in the ground, you don't get one seed back. You get the multiple fruit. So, give, before you reach out and do something, give God, I'm just going to say, give God a shot at it. Do it His way and watch Him work and do in your life rather than you trying to do it yourself. Because I was want, this is really what I, what I was wanting to teach on today was the difference between faith and believing. Faith knows that God can. Faith, uh, believing is knowing that He will. You can go a, sec, you can go a third uh, on down from that is trust. Is trust is you forget about it. You know He's going to do it. But here's what I am trying to say in a nutshell. Give it to the Lord. Let Him work it. And then just trust the process.